Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and hit winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. It's an event weekend. The NBA All-Star festivities, Daytona 500, maybe the worst beat you've ever seen. We're going to cram three guests into the next 30 minutes. Mitch, need more time. Then inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel coming up at 9 o'clock. I'm on Twitter at Joe0670, taking your sports betting inquiries via email. Joe, the letter R, Ostrowski at gmail.com. We continue to wait. Wait and wait some more on Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. But sports betting became part of that conversation earlier this week. Over at Bet Online, Machado to the White Sox opened at 7 to 1. Then they took it off the board this week. Machado to the Sox closed as the minus 150 favorite. Many were wondering is this based off information? What do they know? It wasn't based off information. Just like usual, money moves markets. That's why the Sox moved to the favorite, and that's why it was eventually taken off the board. People were reacting to the news that they saw, right? The booties. Oh, the Sox booties. That means Machado's coming. Oh, the Rawlings glove. Black and white that he's going to use this year. That means he's coming to the Sox. I checked in with the people over at Bet Online. They are a loser if Machado signs with the Sox or the Phillies. Dave Mason over there explained to me these are very difficult to manage. Uh, So much going on. They do it for PR. And what am I doing right now? I'm giving them PR, but I'm just clearing the air that just because that line moved at an offshore sports book, it doesn't mean Machado's coming to the White Sox. They gave me the example of when Peyton Manning was trying to figure out where he was going to sign. People were at home watching SportsCenter. Manning gets off the plane. He's meeting with Elway, and people are hammering the Broncos on that prop bet, and they're not watching SportsCenter in the office. So that ends up being a big loser for them. You know, sports betting involved in these Machado sweepstakes, but not really. Fun conversation, but the bettors in this case did not have information. They had a feeling They think Machado's coming to the White Sox. They think it shouldn't have been five or six or even seven to one. 
And that's why the White Sox closed as a favorite for Machado. Let's bring on a celebrity for multiple reasons now. Her name is Kelly Stewart. You can find her on Wager Talk and CBS Sports HQ on Twitter at Kelly in Vegas. Kelly, what happened on Tuesday? Oh, I thought this was like going to be over by now. If you missed it, Kelly had a three-team parlay. It made Sports Center this week, going back to Tuesday. You had LSU plus three ten. They take down Kentucky with a tip in at the very end. Penn State plus three eleven, upsetting Michigan and Louisville plus three sixty one. And we know that they blew the twenty three point lead to Duke. Now I've seen you do this from time to time. How did you end up with this though? Because I know people feel bad for you. It, you probably have a pit in your stomach like all of us have had when you have an awful beat. I've seen you do this a few times where you pick so, a few money line dogs and you throw them together in a parlay and just take a shot. Yeah, you got to shoot your shot. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, primarily I do this during football season. And this started, oh, back in like 2012, where me and my girlfriend would see these guys, these handicappers and stuff out there, and they'd be laying. Alabama minus 1100 parlayed with Georgia minus 650 parlayed with USC minus 450 and you know you'd lay 10 grand to win $3,100 or something and I'm like good god that sounds terrible and we started realizing that you could do it on the flip side like each and every weekend in college dogs went outright during football season and uh, so I have done a few during basketball Usually don't do it on, you know, a random Tuesday night, but I just got done doing the HQ show. Actually, it was in the middle of the HQ show because I texted a picture to my producer and he goes, you're insane. He's a uh, Penn State alum. And I go, I go, you said it. We were talking about it right now. Michigan is just in a prime letdown spot. Pat Chambers on the hot seat. Penn State's going to get up big for this game because why wouldn't they? You know, they haven't got up for any other game, but why wouldn't they get up for this game? And sure enough, uh, they were the one that I was for sure was going to screw me, and uh, they didn't. They they took Michigan wire to wire. So really big props to Penn State. LSU has never beaten Kentucky in Rupp Arena. It was a long shot, but I really, really liked them getting plus eight. And I said, you know what, I think this is going to be a really tough game. Sure enough, as you mentioned, came down to an end, whether it was goaltending or whether it was just a tip-in, whatever you want to call it, they got the win. And so there I am looking at, Louisville, I'm with your buddy Sammy P, uh, John Murray from the Westgate, and Cameron came with, too. We were going to go to the UNLV game. We're sitting there at this taco shop real quick before the game, and it looked like money in the bag. I mean, it, that literally did. They were up 23 points. We left the taco place, uh, went to this bar that's right outside Thomas and Mack, where UNLV play that we always meet people at to walk over. And I was like, oh, my God, Penn State. Uh, I was, like, sweating, and he was like, Kelly, they're up six. I'm like, there's too much time left. This team is going to find a way to lose. Sure enough, they did not lose. And uh, Sammy P asked the bartender, turn the Louisville game on. I said, no, we're going to the UNLV game that none of us really want to go to. We're going to go. And he's like, no, let's watch this Louisville game instead. I don't really want to go to the game. And Yeah, uh, that sounds like he, him. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. I kind of agreed. Uh, and then they were up 14, and I'm going, okay, I don't really think I want to watch this. I think, you know, we're kind of jinxing this at this point. Sammy P also had Louisville money line. He had him tied in with the Orlando Magic. So we were rooting for the same thing, and it was just the most epic collapse I've ever witnessed in my life. I mean, I've seen some collapses, but holy, oh, yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. So that's all you needed. Did you get any Duke money line when they were down a ton or no? No, and that's what everybody kept asking me on Twitter. So, long story short. Yeah, that's easy after we know the results. 
So I never had one of my favorite things to do is when a dog is getting more in the second half than they got for the original game line to bet them again. And so I did it with Penn State. I did it with LSU and both of those cats. So I did it with Louisville. So truth be told, I had Louisville plus seven and a half in my pocket for the second half. And yeah, when Duke was down a ton, we talked about it, like just for casual speaking about it. But at no point in time would I have been able to get more than like three or 500 in game. Um, I tried to bet in-game on the app last night in hockey, and it let me have $100. I was like, come on. So, you know, I don't think people realize, yeah, sure, if you have some good offshore accounts, we'll take a ton, but I don't have any of those, and nor do I have time to sign up for one with three minutes left when Louisville's trying to blow a double-digit lead. I think they were still up 10 with three minutes left. When I talk to people about hedging, the one question I always ask is, okay, if you take this other side and you win, it's going to make you happy. If it's not going to make you happy, I don't bother with it. So I'm in the same and boat as you. I'd rather hit that big ticket and just be like, yeah, I rode with it. I had the cojones not to try to hedge out of it. You're right. Yeah, of course. Like you said, in hindsight, it's great. Oh, God, you should have hedged. Oh, I took Duke Moneyline. And my favorite people were, you know, people telling me that I got greedy because I bet Louisville Moneyline. I'm like, well, I also had them plus the points. Did you think I just bet them on the money line? Come on, guys. <laughs> All right, let's move to a happier topic. Your Kansas State Wildcats with a head coach that we are familiar with, Mr. Bruce Weber. They've won 9 of 10, first place in the Big 12. You have that deep run a year ago all the way to the Elite Eight. I feel like they're the trendy option right now as far as futures. You could still find them at 80-1. to 1. Are your Wildcats worth a shot? I don't know if they're worth a shot. Listen, this is what I said yesterday to somebody. I said, listen, this team I've got to take with a grain of salt every single year, no matter if it's football or basketball or whatever. They're bound to break my heart in real life. You know, I I got an argument yesterday on Twitter what actual definition of heartbreak was. I was like, I said the game was a heartbreaker, not it broke my heart. So this is where I'm actually going to say K-State will break my heart because they always find a way to disappoint me. I don't think that time is now. I think that time is, as you mentioned, in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. They're going to lose to some no-name team that shouldn't have probably even beaten whoever they beat, just like last year. Sister Jean squad, you run into a buzzsaw with a team with a ton of momentum and uh, some divine intervention, you know? <laughs> it's just how it works. With KIV, Kelly in Vegas on Twitter. That's where you can find her. My name is Joe Ostrowski. You've got early odds. You're going to be part of a docu-series titled Action on Showtime very soon. And uh, we're going to have to get you on after your episode debuts. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Uh, Showtime guys followed us around, a, a big group of us all all around uh, football season. Just ended with the Super Bowl, kind of in a culmination. Didn't get the results I wanted in the Super Bowl, so curious to see how they're going to paint that one. Um, <laughs> that being said, it launches uh, March 24th. I bet they probably have 100 hours of footage on me, and you're going to make it into a four-hour docu-series plus all these other people. I mean, I feel like maybe 20 or 30 minutes is actually going to be all that makes the cut. So I felt like there was cameras around me all football season, and who knows? I mean, my birthday going to be pretty funny if any of that stuff makes it because I have zero <laughs> recollection of anything after dinner. All right, I'm going to set the DVR when I get home, and uh, we'll have you on again after it airs. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Now we go to the festivities taking place in the NBA this weekend over in Charlotte, North Carolina. And joining me in studio, Rick Camp. He's a part-time host. Sometimes you hear him on Sunday mornings here on 670 The Score. But the full-time host of the I'm Fat podcast. He's on Twitter at Rick Camp 670 Maybe you heard him for the Super Bowl special. 
Rick, you're not here to talk about food this time. No, it'll probably go better for me this way, too. Yeah, your sour cream takes created some waves on the text line. In addition to being a producer for mm-hmm. the Bernstein and McKnight show, as David Schuster would say, you are a basketball junkie. Now, yes. you love the association you have for years and years. And starting this season, you started to look at the NBA through that sports betting lens. Early odds listeners, you should be following Rick because he tweets out his picks every single day at Rick Camp 670. Very successful so far, 42 and 26. That is good for 62%. All right, a few events that you have picks on. I love betting the Saturday yeah. of the All Star weekend. You get the slam dunk, and you also get the three-point contest. Let's go with slam dunk first. The slam dunk used to be the event of the whole weekend, and now it's just kind of ho-hum. We only have four guys involved. Dennis Smith Jr., the favorite at plus 160. Then the big man, John Collins, Miles Bridges, and Hamadou Diallo is the long shot of the four at plus 450. Your last three winners last year, Donovan Mitchell, Glenn Robinson, and back in 2016, Zach Levine won it for the second straight year. Yeah, that God, that 2016 one was so good yeah, with him and Aaron flying. Gordon. And if you've seen Miles None. Bridges' in-game dunks are really fun to watch. He's 6'7", so he's not too tall to where you don't think he can do enough in the air, and he can get up. He absolutely can get up in context of in the game and also in this type of format. So I think he's real interesting. Just because people don't know who Hamadou Diallo is, they just discount him immediately. He was a second-round pick this year out of Kentucky, a guy who should have been a one-and-done but ended up coming back for a second year, and his stock fell, went in the 40s to a pick that I think Oklahoma City bought. And he's a real good defensive guy, and going back and watching some of his dunks, he's just a guy that doesn't feel like he has to put it on in the game. Which is why he's the long shot here. Exactly, and why I think there's value there with him, because if you look at his effort just going up, it's smooth. Okay. Very easy. Now, the big X factor that nobody, I guess nobody really knows, is creativity. That's where you're taking some risk with Diallo, but I like the value there, and I would not be shocked at all. Like, if I had to pick a matchup for the finals, it'd be Bridges and Diallo. Love it. You know, I've realized that everything's been done. And it's tough, you know, Cedric Sabalos back in the day with the blindfold. It's tough to come up with new ideas, something we haven't seen before. But I think the other part of it Mm -hmm. is Vince Carter ruined it in 2000. After that, like, how do you top that? totally did. Totally ruined it. Okay, let's go to the three-point contest. I tried to isolate one stat to look at, and I tried to look at catch-and-shoot threes because I think that's probably the most similar to what they're going to be doing. All the guys say getting the ball off the rack is, is a totally different thing. So I feel like this is a bit more of a crapshoot. But when you look at catch-and-shoot threes, two, three, and four and in the entire league are in this field. Oh, Number two is Joe Harris, 47.1%. Seth Curry, 46.5%. Buddy Heald, 44.9%. And then Steph Curry is sixth at 44.4%. You know what's funny about you mentioning those three guys, two, three, four, mm-hmm. catch-and-shoot in the league? In the odds, they're three, four, five. They're after Steph because he's the obvious favorite. Sure. And they're after last year's winner, Devin Booker. Then, boom, they put him in there. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Now, my pick is a guy that's in the middle of that. He's been in the three-point contest once before. But, boy, has Damian Lillard's three-point percentage improved a lot the last few years. He's 37.3% on his catch-and-shoot threes. This weekend, I always go narrative street a little bit. Smaller market. 
he gets enough love with endorsements and stuff like that, but he hasn't had a breakout moment on All-Star Weekend, and I think this could be that for him. I like that. I see plus 950 for Lillard. Okay, let's move on to the game on Sunday. I know you don't have anything on the side or total. I just want to throw this out there. Team LeBron is stacked. They're the favorite by six. Oh, yeah. But I love the total. I play this every year. The total is 310. This is an overreaction to last year because last year there were only 293 points scored. Mm -hmm. So this is way down. Before that, in 2017, 374. 2016, 369. 321. 318. Yeah. This is going over 310. Especially look at the pace this season throughout the entire league. This is going to fly over 310. I agree. Okay, good. I'm glad you agree on the over. Let's go to the MVP. Also bet this every year. This is fun. 14 times a hometown player has won it. Kemba Walker's your hometown guy this year. And 13 of the last 14 All-Star games, the MVP has been one of the 10 starters. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know that last bit. I mean, it's tough. It it feels like you're just taking a wild shot here. Once you narrow that field from 26 down to 10, Mm -hmm. that is difficult. So what I did is I tried to play a couple different scenarios of essentially if each team wins. I've narrowed it down to three guys. So if it was Team LeBron, and mind you, this is pending the injury, this is the game Anthony Davis cares the most about for the rest of this season. So assuming that shoulder contusion isn't much of a thing, and that he's going to be a full go. And I think the other guys are going to realize that the Pelicans are a dumpster fire and want to help Anthony Davis get his. The other names I I, I thought of for the same reason of the three-point contest, maybe Damian Lillard and also Ben Simmons, just because his game lends itself to the up-and-down all-star game pace. For Team Giannis, the guy I like the most is Paul George. Paul George is having that year, but in terms of the MVP conversation, the regular MVP, He's been considered the third dude the entire year at best. He wants to make that statement to be like, listen, there's James Harden, there's Giannis. I need to be on that same level. So Paul George fits your starter criteria. Kemba as well is a starter and the hometown guy. I don't know. I don't maybe see I, it. I, I just I yeah, I just it. don't see it. And then maybe the under the radar guy is Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin's having a damn good year. I don't know how much he's going to play not being a starter and being someone that hasn't gotten a whole lot of pub, but maybe just being like, hey, let me get my shine on. Wow, you throw out Blake Griffin. Now you're talking about some bombs like at 35 to Oh, one. 100%. That'd yeah. be if you want a long Smaller shot. Smaller bets, yeah. Yes, absolutely. You said Lillard, too, and he's yes. 40 to 1. Outside of Steph Curry, the guy who is shooting the best percentage, or or at least this is anecdotal. I didn't look up the actual number. Sure. But that is taking the most deep threes and draining the most deep threes is Damian Lillard. This is going to be Damian Lillard weekend, huh? It could be. I like Dame a lot just as a player. I like watching him, but also what he does, he's a guy that is respected. He knows the moment. You know, there's just that little bit of not quite getting his shine being in Portland. Sometimes I think the smaller market guys, while in terms of fan voting, the market might not help him. It's the NBA, and all these guys are stars of in and of their own right. I did think about Paul George, I'll be honest. And, and yeah. I totally wrote off Anthony Davis, but let's wait and see what happens with this injury. First thing I thought of was Steph Curry because he hasn't won it yet. It's going to be a blast tonight and then uh, tomorrow with the game as well. Yeah, I, I know. I'll, I'll be locked in. I might claim that I won't be locked in all weekend. but Yeah, like NIU football. Ah, uh, not as smart. <laughs> uh, if you saw their offense this year, you'd understand why it was a passive watch. Uh, follow my Twitter at Rick Camp six seventy.
Also going on this weekend, we have the Great American Race tomorrow afternoon. Whatever's before novice, I guess it's noob or newbie, that's where I fall in. I know it's 500 miles. I know it's in Daytona Beach, Florida. So I bring in the senior writer at BetChicago.com, Joe Rogers. Follow him on Twitter at RogersBC. That's Rogers with the D. Uh, Joe, you are here to educate me on the Daytona 500 and how I should bet it tomorrow. Yeah, great. Uh, welcome to the sports. I mean, how <laughs> many sports have uh, Super Bowl as their first event? I know. That always confuses me why they start <laughs> off that way. Well, why do they do that before we get into this race? Well, tradition is number one, and it's a high-speed, low-breaking track. So that's why you see a lot of wrecks. People like wrecks. People like excitement. People like long shots. And at Daytona and Talladega, which are two high-speed, high-banking, low-break tracks, you just put your foot down and go, those type of tracks, realistically, all 40 drivers, all 40 teams have a shot at winning compared to most other tracks like Chicagoland, for example, where really fewer than 15 drivers have a chance at winning based on equipment change, pricing, sponsorship, all that stuff. But Daytona, Talladega, those are two tracks that anybody can win. And looking at those two results, trends that take away from those two tracks, we can really narrow down a field to uh, several contenders for Sunday's race. All right, give us some tips. What's the best way to bet this? Do you go outright? I know you can do top three matchups, driver versus driver. You can bet on the manufacturer. Is it going to be a Ford, Toyota, or Chevy winner? What's the best way to go here? A major storyline for this race was Ford has won five of the past nine races at Daytona and seven straight at Talladega. As I mentioned before, there's change into a new car design. And last year for Chevy, we saw them move to Camaro and really struggle. But so far, Ford has shown no ill effects in their move to the Mustang car design. So I think that they'll continue their dominance of restrictor play races. And for betting overall, I do a quarter unit, kind of like a, a bet on a golf tournament. Because Daytona is such a high-variance track with a lot of wrecks, people are pushing that issue late in races which can result in big wrecks that knock out a third of the field in a matter of seconds. I only bet usually a quarter of unit on four outright winners and then spend most of my attention on the head-to-head matchups. Okay, who do you suggest for tomorrow? So I like Martin Truex Jr. to win at 18-1. to uh, The odds just moved. Uh, he started at 14-1. to He's now 18-1. to He's shown really good speed in practice. And he's also made the move to Joe Gibbs racing this season. So last year he was with Furniture Row, which had an alliance with Joe Gibbs. But now he's actually on the team with Joe Gibbs, which has Kyle Busch, Eric Jones, and a stud plate racer in Denny Hamlin to team up with. So these teammates, they get together and they draft off each other and they move through the field together. So if you like a certain driver that you think is going to be good on Sunday, consider like his teammate. So, for example, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., is 16 to 1, but his teammate, Ryan Newman, is 30 to 1. Well, I like Ryan Newman at 30 to 1 because I think he'll team up with Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who's been shown to be a really good restrictor player racer. So I really like Martin Truex Jr. at 18 to 1, Ryan Newman at 30 to 1. Paul Menard is an interesting play at 25 to 1. He reminds me of what Ryan Blaney did last year. Blaney performed really well uh, with Ford and Speedweeks, led a lot of laps in the 500. Menard should have won the exhibition clash on Sunday, but he was wrecked by Jimmy Johnson 
in that one. Another long shot I like is Daniel Hemrick. I did an internship before I started when I was in college at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and this guy was racing legend cars on the quarter-mile track of Charlotte Motor Speedway. And he's moved up since then to trucks, to Xfinity, to the Cup Series. He's a teammate of Austin Dillon, who won the Daytona 500 last year. So he's got the same horsepower, same motor, same setup as Dillon did last year, and he's 60-1. to So I like that as a, a long shot. Joe Rogers from BetChicago.com. Joe, let's all win some money tomorrow and uh, enjoy the great American race. Let's do it. Big thanks to Kelly in Vegas, Rick Camp, and Joe Rogers there for jumping on early odds this week. If you missed any of the show, it will be posted on 670thescore.com and on my early odds feed, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, your podcast catcher of choice. I will tweet those links out at Joe0670. My name's Joe Ostrowski. Up next on The Score, Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. Talk to you next Saturday, 8.30, here on Early Odds. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.